Welcome to another edition of the Wall Street Journal podcast. We got me and Nishant live today in person pod. Nishant, every team's got about eight, nine games left in the season. And we just wanted to talk about the stretch run today. But uh, you ready to do this, dude? Yeah, man. This is this is a, this is a wild end of the season. The Western Conference in particular, which is what we're going to talk about. I don't think I've ever seen this many teams bunched up. Uh, and so... I don't think a lot of uh, folks out there are doing this, but let's take an analysis of every team, what games they have remaining, where they are seated right now, and where we think that they're going to be at the end of the season. You know, how many games they can win, how many games they can lose. Yeah, and I think we wanted to do seeds 4 through 12, only because, you know, Denver is the number one seed. I think they pretty much have locked that down. And then Sacramento and Memphis are fighting for 2-3, but again, we know they're both going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of 2 or 3. But starting with Phoenix at number four, 39 and 35, all the way up to Utah, who's 35 and 39, they are separated by only four games. And I think we decided to exclude the Blazers from this as well, just with the recent report that we saw yesterday that they may be shut down for the season. And with them being three and a half games out of just the final play in spot. And it sounds like, you know, the Blazers are throwing in their their thread towel and all in for Wemby at this point. So we wanted to do Phoenix through Utah at 12. So I'll let you go. So let's start with Phoenix. And why don't you talk about their remaining games and what do you think? All right. So Phoenix has uh, the next couple games are against the Jazz, then the Wolves, the Nuggets, Thunder, Spurs, Nuggets, Lakers, and Clippers. So as we look at this, you know, they got pretty much all Western Conference teams here. Most of them are in the hunt or already clinched. The only gimme game, if there are any gimme games this season, let's be honest, is against the Spurs. And so this is tough, man. You know, they got to play Denver. uh, They got to play the Nuggets. uh, And they got to play twice. And then the rest of those games are all kind of 50-50 winnable games. So I'd probably say that they'll, they'll beat the Spurs for sure. They'll probably split with the Nuggets only because they'll lose this first game, but they'll probably win the second game. The second game, they're home, and it's only three games left in the season. The Nuggets will probably have first place clinched by then and not really care. And so if you take those two games, uh, if you take those three games out, then really they only have a remaining five games. I'd say they'll probably go three and two in those games. Obviously, a lot is dependent on KD's health. So overall, I think that they'll probably go you know, five, five and three down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail. It's KD's come, projected to come back on Wednesday against the Wolves at home. I think they have some favorable parts on the schedule here. Like you said, the big thing is eight games left, only three on the road, five on at home. So that's really good, especially for a team that's going to start to incorporate KD back. Uh, this team really hasn't had many games together. So that's going to be important. But it's pretty funny, right? I mean, all these teams, So besides the Spurs, like you said, it, I think that's the crazy part about the West in general. Every game, every day, every night is feeling like a Game 7. Um, like, a loss isn't just a loss. It carries so much gravity. I mean, we'll talk about my team later. Like, our loss today was just like, 
man, like this this feels like so huge, and every team is fighting for their life besides the top three teams, and I think that's what's going to be so crucial. But I, I think we can kind of agree, right? I think the Suns are gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. They're not gonna fall out of the, at least the ten, and I think they'll probably stay in four, five, six somewhere. I don't think they're gonna fall out of uh, the play or out stay out of. They're gonna be able to stay out of the play in tournament and get through into the playoffs. I think with that schedule and KD coming back. The big question is going to be, will there be a little bit of gamesmanship here, right? Like, I think teams want to avoid Denver, but they got to be cautious because if they do try to do gamesmanship and try to lose a couple games to get out of that, you know, um, uh, like the, the Denver side of the bracket, yeah, you know, you could I, you can easily end up in this kind of atmosphere in the playing game, and then, you know, then it's anybody's, then it's anybody's game. So... I don't know what De- uh, Phoenix ends up doing here. I think they'll probably try to finish strong just because KD's got to get some reps here before the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that they're pretty pretty cushily going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Phoenix at this point should just try to win every game. I mean, because they're still building their, their team chemistry. And I think that's how they should approach it. So let's do the Clippers next. So the Clippers, they had a loss at home last night. They are 39-36. and 36. Their remaining games, they're playing the Bulls at home tomorrow, then going to the Grizzlies, uh, and they're both road games back-to-back. And then in April, they got the Pelicans on the road, a Lakers-Clippers game, and then they got the Trailblazers, and as well as the Suns. So going through their schedule, I think we kind of know Paul George is out for the season at this point, um, at least for the regular season, rather. So let's talk about it. Tomorrow night, the Bulls. I think that should be a win for them. The Bulls are going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. We all know, like, when you have an off night in L.A., like, that's a huge home court advantage. The players are probably going to be going out tonight. So the Clippers should win tomorrow. Then this Wednesday and Friday, I think they, they'll probably split that, the two road games against the Grizzlies. I don't see them losing both. I think they'll win one. They'll probably lose one, another one. So that puts them at 2-1. and one. And then they go to the New Orleans. That one is going to be a tricky one because I think they play the... Yep, so they're going to play the Grizzlies on the 31st and then the Pelicans on April 1st. So it's a back-to-back. Kawhi will probably sit, that means. And PG will is not there. So I think that's going to be an L, 2-2. Two two. Then they have four days off before they play the Lakers. So I think that should be a win, 3-2. and two. They should beat the Trailblazers. Um, again, we know with Dame's situation, 4-2. and two. Then that last game is really a toss-up, but I'm going to give it to Phoenix just because Phoenix is home. So 4-3 and three for the Clippers, so that puts them at 43-39, and 39, which I think, given how the West has been, they should, again, they should lock up one of these four, five, or six seeds. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly agree with you. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the big linchpin game here will probably come down to the two LA teams because I think... By the time that it's the last game of the season, I mean, the Suns may or may not, like, rest their players. You know, you know it, it kind of depends on where their seating is. But I think the biggest two are going to be what happens against the Grizzlies uh, here times two. Because if, if they were playing the Grizzlies twice at the very end of the season, I could totally see the Grizzlies kind of taking their foot off the gas. But, you know, the Grizzlies have a lot to prove right now with John Moran coming back. They're still, you know, in a tough battle between second and third place. And I think that people, I mean, I think the Grizzlies know that they they, they want to get that home court as far as they can get it. And so, I, personally, I think that they'll probably lose both those games if the Grizzlies really play. They're at home, so Grizzlies are home for both of those games. And so, we'll kind of see, but I, I agree with you. The Clippers, I can't see them falling out of the play-in, 
uh, sorry, the playoffs, but it could get dicey. I think, um, you know, there's a possibility that they fall into the play in here without PG. I think that's a bigger loss than we think, just because it's, it's always questionable how much Kawhi is actually going to play, whether it's back to backs or not. I'm hoping that they'll keep pushing for him, but without a healthy Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if they can they can he really let, win he them left, the game. Yeah, I mean, he left the game early last night, midway through the third. The Pelicans, that was a surprising win. They won by 21 on the road. They beat the Clippers. Um, Kawhi did lead the game. He had some sort of facial injury. I think he took an elbow from Brandon Ingram. Um, but I think that's where we are with the West, right? With these teams, like it's it's like four and three, but four and three is like almost like good enough, like to like moving forward. You don't need to go like six and one or five and two, like just like floating above five hundred has been like enough in the West this year. Although I would say that I have more faith in Phoenix holding on here because they're getting an addition. Meanwhile, the Clippers have just gotten a subtraction with Paul George's injury, and so. You know, it, and not it, just any addition. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, um, my my faith in the Clippers is not as strong as the, as as the Suns. I think the Suns will probably avoid the play in, but I think there's a reasonable chance that the Clippers fall into the play in here. It's just so tight. Well, I think that's going to be dependent on how the teams below do, uh, do right? right. So let's talk about our next team, the Golden State. What do you think about them? So Golden State's got, uh, you know, again. Golden State, the big thing about them is we really have to think about whether it's a home game or an away game. <laughs> that split is insane. Like I, nine wins on the road and I think, what, 30 wins at home? That's that's just like impossible. Nine and 29 on the road, 30 and seven. They're basically like, I think Zach Lowe called them like the, the 96 Bulls at home. And like <laughs> That being said, they have won two straight away. They just beat the Rockets away and the Mavs away. So yeah, We'll talk about the, the Mavs later, yeah. And so like may, maybe they're shaping up into form here, but... This is their schedule down the stretch. They got the Timberwolves at home, the Pelicans at home, the Spurs at home. So that's three favorable home games. And then I they think go- none of them are back-to-backs or anything, nope. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they got the Nuggets away, which, you know, probably an L. <laughs> yeah. As long the- as the Nuggets are trying still by then. Right. And then they got the Thunder at home. They got the Kings away, which Kings might still be trying by it then. It depends what they're playing for. Yep. Yeah. And then the Blazers uh, away, which you can probably say that yeah. they're going to win that game. Blazers are, yeah. I mean, they need to pile up their L's for Wemby. Exactly. So, so only what? Two two road games or three? But I mean, the Blazers, I don't think really count. So yeah, only two tough road games, I would say. Yeah. And I think like, you know, Spurs, easy win. Pelicans and Timberwolves, maybe a toss up. Nuggets, probably a loss. Kings, probably a loss. Those two away games. But I think they can probably rack up some wins here um, going down the stretch. I'd say the gimme is the Spurs game, but if they split the other the other four games, and you know you get you get two gimme games, and you split the other four games, so they'll probably finish four and two or something like that down the stretch, which I, mean, I think I, should I, be I, enough to hold on. Yeah, I, I, think, I think five and two actually. So they yeah, I think right because five have, and two. Yeah, yeah you're right. I you're mean, right. even better. I mean, you're looking at forty four and thirty eight for them then. That that might be enough for like even the four seed, right? You know what? That that's that series, the four five in the East, I thought was gonna be a, a really juicy one. But man, the four five in the West is either gonna be some combo of Phoenix, Clippers, and Warriors, and one of those teams is gonna lose in the first round. Can you imagine like the the whatever is gonna be of the fallout out of that, right? If the Phoenix, after everything they gave up for KD. If they lose in the first round, that's going to be a major disappointment. We know everything the Clippers gave up for Paul George in that trade. And they have a Western Conference Finals to show for it. But we know they want to win the chip. Losing in the first round is going to be, I think, going to lead to major changes. 
And I think the Warriors maybe have the least to lose because they have that chip from last year. And I think they're going to bank on that for at least like another year, right? To while they rebuild this roster. Um, as we see what happens with Clay and Draymond, but I can't wait for that four or five in the West. That being said, you know this might be one of the last seasons with the Draymond. Actually, it may be the last season with the Draymond Clay Steph trio. Steph trio, and so I think that they probably do want to go off on a high note. Um, I probably wouldn't put the. I, I think the Clippers will slide out of that four or five slot, and I really think it's going to be Phoenix. And uh, you think and it's going to be Phoenix Golden State? I, I think that's what's probably going to end up being. I didn't really realize how favorable the Golden State final stretch was. How many more home games and away games that they have? And so, um, I, I think the, the. I mean, I we can't ever say it for sure, but I feel like these teams are probably want, would rather be the six, right? Because then you get to face Sacramento in the first round, maybe Memphis in the second, and you let like that other side of the bracket is going to be like dueling it out. I think these teams probably don't want to be the four because the five is going to be a brutal team. So that's going to be a brutal. Uh, but tough I think one. the problem with that is in previous years you might have that gamesmanship, but if this year you try to do that, you could easily lose on the <laughs> wrong night and yeah. end, end up as a seven seed and then be at risk of like getting out of the playoffs. That's true. That's true. Because then our next team, the Pelicans are only a game and a half behind these teams and they're 37 and 37 they've moved up to number seven remember when just a week ago their hopes were looking bleak they were like coming off these brutal losses zion is like looking out for the regular season and how quickly things changed the pelicans have moved up to seven and i think we were just talking about it before the pod right so the blazers tomorrow that should be a win with the Blazers, they'll be on the second night of a back-to-back. They're already resting day. So let's say Pelicans win that. 38 and 37. Then they play the Warriors on the road. Okay, L. <laughs> uh, because the Pelicans will be on the second night of a back-to-back. 38 and 38. The Nuggets on Thursday at on oh, the road, know. probably an L. 38 and 39. <laughs> the Clippers, I we talked about this. This should be a win for the Pelicans because the Clippers will be on the second night, right? There's yeah. these scheduled losses that you just know. Yeah. 39 and 39. Then we got them on at home against the Kings. Probably an L. Um, if the Kings are going to be fighting for a 2-3. Then they play the Grizzlies at home, which I think will also be an L. Just because the Pelicans are on the second night of a back-to-back. So right. 39 and 41. You probably won't agree with me here, but I think the Knicks will probably win when they come into town. Just because the Knicks will be fighting for... We'll talk about the East at a later time. But they'll also have something to fight for. And then the last game of the season at Wolves. And we know the Wolves are also in this play-in race. So yeah. I think the Wolves will win that one because Anthony Edwards should be back by then. 39 and 43 for the Pelicans. You think that sounds about right? I don't know. I feel like um, yeah. I feel like they're going to take a lot of losses down the stretch. I mean, they've had a good stretch here. But people forget the teams that they've been playing. They played a PG-less uh, and, and a couple of, you know, a quarter and a half, I guess, of Kawhi missing. Um they beat the Hornets, they beat the Spurs, they beat the Rockets. Oh I mean, my those god, all, wow. Those they literally, beatable teams. They literally played the three Wemby race teams. Like, the Rockets, Spurs, wow. What a favorable... Oh, sorry, and they played two games against the Rockets. It was like Rockets, Rockets, Spurs, Hornets. They literally played like four straight games against uh, Tank for Wemby team. So I, I personally would not be surprised if we see uh, a huge movement downwards for new orleans that's it, you know surprisingly it's probably gonna be one of my picks to not even make the play-in because wow. i think that they have a tough schedule coming down the line with a lot of teams that have something to play for and they haven't shown anything yet i don't think you know like I, it's not like 
Brandon Ingram's on a heater right now. McCollum's on a heater. We know Zion is probably not coming back. They just said they're going to reevaluate in two weeks or they're going to give us another update in two weeks. I mean, like that's essentially the end of the season. So <laughs> personally, I think that the Pelicans are going to be a little bit of a punching bag down, down the stretch here. They may get a couple of schedule wins and you may end up being right about their projection, but I, I think that they're going to slide down. They're more, in my opinion, they're more likely to miss the playoff than move into that four, five, six, like definite play playoff. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, you you play who's on your schedule, as they say. You take advantage of the easy games. You win the hard ones. But I think my thing for them is, um, I think last night does mean something. I know Kawhi went out in the midway through the third, but he was not playing that well before he went out. They did a great job on him. And we saw this at the end of last year, too. The Pelicans went on a heater. And they they have had talent, right? McCollum, B.I. still there, even with that Zion. And then they got shooters like Herb and Trey. Jonas is there. Um, unfortunately, Jose Alvarado's been out too. And I think that's been like an understated loss for them that Alvarado hasn't played. But the one thing that Pelicans do have, they're a great team at home. They're 24 and 13. Like that's up there. They're not the best road team, but they are up there. All right. Let's talk about the the Wolves, dude. You're next. Well, hold on. Just to close up on the Pelicans, the I think the bad thing about that is they, un, unlike the... Um, the Warriors who have a lot more home games they have kind of an even split here I mean they have the next three games are away then they have um, a four game homestand and they finish finish away so you know they're, they only have four home games versus four away games so I think that's also a little bit tricky that that is true that is true it's on a very favorable home schedule you're right so 30 they played exactly 37-37 like on the home and road split so We'll see. I mean, that, the Pelicans are going to be an interesting team because their draft situation is they have their pick, but they also have swap rights with the Lakers. And if they end up in the lottery and the Lakers end up in the lottery too, that basically means they got two cracks for uh, one of those top four picks because they're gonna they're gonna pray that the Lakers don't make it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, they got they got to play the game here and try to get as many picks as they can. Especially if, um, you know, unfortunately, if Zion can't be healthy in the long term, because they already have a lot of money um, essentially going to him. Yeah. And so they're going to need these young guys that are on cheap contracts, rookie contracts to kind of build out the rest of the roster. I, I just have to, I mean, I have to bring this up because I've taken some shit for this about how I didn't pick Zion in that 25 under 25 team that we did before the season. And I got a lot of shit for it from uh, Saad for it because I didn't pick Zion. And I said, hey, guys, just wait. Just wait. It's like Stephen A says about the Cowboys. Just keep on waiting and they will disappoint you. And like before we knew it, Zaya got hurt, blew out a hamstring. And I mean, I don't get it. This guy must be like a slow healer. Like we've seen guys come back from hamstrings should like unless it was like completely torn, like they, she should be coming back in the season, but it became a season ending in- injury for him. Well, I think it's also management of it, right? So he may be healthy ish, but perhaps the, you know, the, the, the team just doesn't believe that they, they, they are, they have enough to compete for anything this year. Mm. And if that's the case, they'd much rather not have an re-aggravated injury where he can't go into the off season and can't rehab the way that he has to, can't grow his game the way he has to. I mean, I think anyone having seen Zion and understanding what he's like as a person is rooting for him. And everyone's hoping that he has like a Joel Embiid-like, you know, early career injuries, but then settling into the, his body frame. The jury's out. Uh, 
you know, maybe he'll look wise at the end of the day and he'll be more like the Greg Oden type of player. Uh, but, but you know, he could also be the Joel Embiid type of player. I think it's still too early to say. Yeah, I mean, if he turns into Joel, that's like best, best, like absolute best case scenario with like Joel missing like two full seasons and what he's become now. I think the Pelicans would be through the roof. They're, like all their patience would have paid off. All right, why don't we hit on the Wolves now? So I think this is a team on the come up. Um, you know, they they're 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 getting healthy now. I think I, I think Ant is also back, or it might be close He's, to coming uh, back. I think he was upgraded to questionable. Um, and then I don't know what his status is for tonight's game. We don't know if he's going to play or not, but they at least got Cat back now. Yeah, so I think they're, they're I think they're rounding up into shape. Their the end of the year schedule is also you know moderately favorable. If any of these game you know any of these schedules are favorable, so they play the Warriors today uh, away, um, which is a pro- probably a problem. They'll probably take an L there, and then they play the Kings tomorrow on a back to back, which I think is probably also an L. Second night of a back to back. Cat probably won't play because, yeah. like, as he just got back. And we don't. And if Ant does play today, then he probably won't play tomorrow or the other way around. And then they play the Suns on Wednesday, and that's Katie's first game. If I, I think if there's any game to steal from the Suns as a as on a, on the home would be one of these KD games. You know, the first game back, he may not play as many minutes. Although KD has been one of those specimens that even after coming off of injury, he does play really. He just really looks well. like himself, yeah. And so. Um, I don't know. That's a questionable game. Then they play the Lakers at home. Um, and then they play the Blazers, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pelicans. And I and I think those last four are really what's going to make their season. I think if they go 4-0 and there, you know, I, Blazers should be fairly easy. If Nets at home, that might be questionable. Spurs are tanking. And yeah. then that last Pelicans game, we'll see if Pelicans have much to play for at that point. They may already be knocked out by then. But if they can go 4-0 and there... And maybe split these games here, um, you know, two and two or even one and three. I think that's pretty good, and that'll probably keep them into that playoff, uh, that that play in hurdle. I I don't really think that they will jump into the um, like the straight playoff uh, area, but they could because you know the Clippers could could easily go down here. Uh, so I think I think the Wolves are kind of on the come up. I, I'd say they probably finish as like the six, seven, eight seed or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I just looked at the schedule. I think I I kind of like them getting that seven. So, like you were saying, 38 days. They got three games left at home. And then uh, that means it would be 30, uh, five games on the road. So, more road than away. They're 21 and 17 at home, 16 and 20 on the road. But, yeah, those first four games, I think it's going to be one and three. I think... Warriors and Kings probably L's and then I think they'll win either the Suns game or the Lakers game so 1-3 and three. and then they should really go 4-0 and oh. so like at best 5-3 and three, worst 4-4 uh, four and four, which will still mean they end up 500 and I think 500 is going to be good enough to get that 7 seed this year um, again the Wolves have huge implications with their draft pick because it goes to Utah Right, what's going on in Utah? We're gonna talk about them later, yep. but they're gonna be sweating it if this pick, if they don't make the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah, they'll make the play-in tournament, but if they don't advance out of that play-in tournament and they end up in the lottery, that first-round pick goes to Utah. I mean, we already seen how much of a disaster this Gobert trade has been, even though he's playing better now. But Walker Kessler is a stud, and he's a rookie, and he's cheaper. And you gave up him along with everything, all those other draft picks. 
Minnesota has huge implications. They have to make the playoffs. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think for Minnesota's sanity, getting, you know, that 7-8 and having the home games and having to only win one to advance, I think that's going to be beneficial to them. And also, I think if they go into with a four-game winning streak, they're going to have a lot of confidence. I think, I think it's going to come down to how do they perform in these next four games and can they just be good in those last four and not take their foot off the gas. So next, we got the Lakers. And I know this is my turn, but I think I can't really do this with objectivity. Yeah. So why don't you take the Lakers and then I'll do the uh, Thunder. So obviously, the Lakers took an L today. I think that was a big loss. Um, a yeah. win today would have been monumental for them because I think, you know, Braun is back. They had a lot of momentum. The Bulls are a beatable team. And uh, they were home. And so, you know, I think that that's, that's a big loss. But they had, they, you know, it's one of those forgive and forget kind of things because they're playing the Bulls again next game. Uh, it will be in Chicago, but I think that's a really winnable game. So personally, I think that they'll win that game. And then they got the they got the Timberwolves away. And that's going to be a big game for them. Uh, if they can pull that game out, I think that the rest of their the rest of their games they, they'll probably be winnable. Because then they got the Rockets, um, they got the Jazz. <laughs> we don't want to assume the Rockets after what happened. <laughs> but then again, AD sat out that game, no Braun, but. I'm hoping at least one of them will play this time. And I think at some point the Rockets right now are like a feel-good team. At some point they're really going to try to get as as high odds, especially yeah. if other teams are kind of cutting it off and whatnot. Yeah. They got the Jazz, then the Clippers, then the Suns, and then the Jazz again. And so it's really going to. I think what the what's going to happen and what's going to be banking for the Lakers about how far they can move up the standings is going to be what do the Jazz look like when those last four games are happening? If the Jazz are out or want to be losing. I mean, they're going to declare themselves by then. If they want to be losing and they get those two easy wins, they get a Rockets win, hopefully. I think the Suns by then will, pro- in my opinion, will probably have locked into the playoffs, what, four or five seeds, something. So they probably won't have a lot to play for. That's going to so, be a home game. So, And that's going to be a home game. So, you know, when I look at it, I think they should be able to beat the Bulls. Let's say they lose to the war, uh, the Wolves. So that's one and one. They should beat the Rockets. They better. <laughs> so that's two and one. They should beat the Jazz. They should beat the Suns, hopefully. And then they should beat the Jazz. So that's another three wins. And then I think it's going to come, you know, I was saying when the Clippers were there, that that Clippers-Lakers game is going to be really, really important. In my personal opinion, if the Lakers take care of business, and if that Clippers-Lakers game might be what determines who's going to be the sixth seed. Um, I think I think it can come down to those two teams or the Wolves. And so um, it really comes down to how healthy is LeBron? Is AD going to play back-to-backs? Uh, and, and how does the team chemistry roll out? But I, I think the Lakers have a better odds of making the sixth seed than they do of probably falling out. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think... The question is, can they stay into one of these 7, 8, 9, 10? I mean, 7 or 8 is ideal because you get two cracks at making the playoffs as opposed to 9 and 10. Um, really, I mean, you just hope that Braun moving forward. I mean, let's talk, see. He played 30 minutes today. He was 6 of 11 from the field. No threes that he made. Um, and then looks like he got 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 19 points. I mean, like a typical LeBron game, right? Uh I think AD was the one who was disappointing today. Like, 36 minutes, only 8 field goal attempts. Like, this... Remember I even said it to you and Rohit before. It's passive. It's like, as soon as Braun comes back, something, like, turns off in AD. This is not the AD we saw on Friday night against the Suns or the games prior. 
as soon as Braun comes back, like something turns off in him, and that's what's really frustrating about him as a player. That being said, like the Lakers, I mean, from the from the schedules that we've gone through, I think the, only the Warriors probably have a definitively easier schedule than the Lakers. I think the yeah, I think it, like you said, it'll come down to what are, we'll talk about the Jazz later. What comes down to what is the Jazz's schedule looking like, and what are there going to be their intentions moving forward. Um, and then same with the Clippers. Like, is Kawhi going to be playing that game? Like, what's their injury situation? So that's going to be huge. I think, like, you know, I do think that the Lakers should stay in one of these seven, eight, nine, ten. I think six is being a little too ambitious. So then you kind of have to just hope for the best in the play-in tournament. But, I mean, I, I really think the most important thing for the Lakers now is for... They got their... They played 75 games. They got seven left. Um, the thing is, they are... They're 20, they only have two home games left, five on the road. So while their strength of schedule looks okay, there's five road games and they're only a 16 and 20 road team. They're not that great on the road. And so it comes down to can Braun stay healthy moving forward, right? Like every game is a test for him and to see how his foot responds to the stress of playing a game. Is he going to like come out of that game feeling like, okay, is he going to need like, when once he plays one game, is he going to need another game off to recover? And I think it's really about building chemistry. We, I mean, D'Lo was out today, right? I think that's really what's been frustrating since the trade deadline. We've added pieces, but like we barely had any time with like all D'Lo, AD, and Braun playing together. I think the biggest question, you know, they only have one back-to-back left. It's that it's that game against Clippers. the Clippers. And so the question is, what do they do for that Jazz game, right? Like, do they if if they're going to continue to have LeBron out on back-to-backs if he's not feeling that healthy? Do they just have him sit on the front end of that back-to-back? That's probably what I would favor and have him ready for that Clippers game is is, is what I think should happen. We'll kind of see what happens, but um, I'm optimistic about the Lakers. I think just like the Wolves, they're getting healthy at the right time, which which helps a lot. You know, getting healthy at the right time is so important. So let's talk about the Thunder next. So they're currently playing. They're only down two to the Blazers, which is surprising. Let me just make sure. I, I don't think... Uh, actually, they just took the lead. It's 41-40. Yeah, Dame isn't even playing in this game. Um, So I think we can say that <laughs> the Thunder will win this game. I think they were down earlier, but now they come back. So they're 36-38. I, I'm going to assume a win tonight against the Blazers, 37-38. Then they're at home to the Hornets. Well, the Hornets are going to come up really soon because of their games against the Mavs. But I think the Thunder should win that one, right? So that gets them to 538 and 38. Then they play the Pistons at home. That's a win, 39 and 38. Then they go to Indiana. I think Indiana's not really trying too much. They're out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're at the cusp. And so I think, again, it'll matter what it looks like in three games. I think they might be completely out by then. I think I'm going to say that's a that's a win, right? Okay. So 40 and 38. Then the Suns come into town. That's probably an L, so 40 and 39. Because um, KD will be back then. Then they go to the play the Warriors. That's probably, that's probably an L, so 40 and 40. Then their last two games, I think they'll split. They should beat the Jazz on... on uh, April 6th, 41 and 40. And then they probably will take a lo- loss to the Grizzlies, assuming the Grizzlies want to try right. at that point. 41 and 41, I think that that gets them into the playing tournament. Really depends on how the other teams do. Um, but hey, I mean, how many people thought the Thunder would even be in the playing tournament this year, right? Especially with no Chet. Well, that being said, I mean, yeah, the Thunder have been good as long as SGA's played. In the last couple of seasons, they've They've made a voluntary decision <laughs> to not make the play-in tournament. I think they could have made the play-in tournament last year as well. 
And so it looks like they're they're trying this year because I I don't think that they believe I think they have enough assets that they don't they, they think that the reps are more important. They're going to get Chet Holmgren next year, and they're going to get some assets this year regardless of with with the bounty of pl- uh, picks that they have. They they're going to get they assets got swap anyway. rights with the Clippers, and I think they have some other picks as well. Yeah. So um, th- I think so far they probably have the most favorable schedule. Looking at it, uh, I agree with you. And I, think I just want to say the they're twenty two and fifteen at home. That's I mean that's great for this team, a young team. I mean to be seven. Games above 500 at home. They granted Oklahoma City is a great home court advantage, but I mean I love what they're building. I think it'll be good for them to get those playoff reps in this year, and then they're only going to keep building. They're going to add Chet next year. They'll have cap space. They'll have picks. If it's just not a free agent destination, but they got a great situation because they have. I think it all is because of SGA, who's a top 10 player now, right? I think we could say he's a top 10 player. Yeah, I'm not doubting this team. The question will be when the push comes to shove. They don't have that experience, and we'll have another podcast about the play-in teams at some point. But uh, you know, if they do get into that nine ten area, I think they are a susceptible pickoff team. You know, they don't have the experience of those high intensity games. They might be playing someone like the Wolves, who obviously had uh, Pat Beverly standing on the, sta- uh, the, the, the scorer's <laughs> table last year, or like something like the Lakers or the Clippers. They might have one of those teams that they're playing in the play-in tournament. And that might even be beneficial for them, right? Like, they got nothing to lose. They're not going to feel the pressure. They're just going to come in and play their game. That's fair. That's fair. But I, yeah, I think they'll safely probably make the play-in at this point. Um, I don't think that they have a chance to move up to those locked positions, in my opinion. And I think that they're probably unlikely to fall out. All right, dude. I did not think we'll be talking about this team in this spot, especially after the games that they had this past weekend. But here they are. The Dallas Mavericks, 36 and 39 for now, right? Because they got a protest in play. I don't know if they'll actually win that protest. They won't. They won't. But, Let me but, just tell you, they will not win that protest. But before we talk about like their upcoming games, dude, what happened this weekend? Losing... To the Hornets at home, and the Hornets are on the second night of a back-to-back. Only had seven active players. Their bench was empty. I've, it looked like a two K game where, like, all of a sudden you got all your players fouled out or something like that. It was wild. And then they lost tonight. I mean, this was on the road, but still, you should not be losing to the Hornets. It was almost a Dennis Smith Jr. a past Nick his revenge season. Well, his past re- Dallas, past Maverick. Yes, yes, but. It was like his revenge tour. What what what's going on with the Mavericks? Uh, what's going on with Luca? It's like he's openly saying it's the most frustrated he's ever been. Is this the Kyrie effect? I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I think we talked about this when Kyrie was going there. I don't know if we talked about it on a pod or not, but my biggest worry was Luca is the biggest heliocentric player, and you know, I just don't think and 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 Kyrie himself is someone who really needs the ball a lot. I mean, he played a little bit with off ball with LeBron, but he really needs like in order for his game to have juice, like he needs to get the ball and dribble and um they kind of gave away all of their depth in trying to get acquire acquire Kyrie. So I don't think maybe Kyrie is the problem. I just think that they don't have anything around them. And I've never seen Luca look this disinterested in playing basketball. Like he just doesn't seem happy and he was always that guy that was like a joy to watch and so I think that's permeating through the team I think that Jason Kidd has lost this, the, the locker room at this point um, <laughs> you and- think so? I mean they- what happened? This team was like remember last year the vibes like after uh, they crushed the Suns in game 7? Yeah I mean that that, but like last year was the opposite right like Rick Carlisle left and then the uh, kid came in everyone was like this is so much better now and like the vibes were good they made it to the western conference finals i mean does this kind of all just go back to losing brunson 
I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, it's big that he walked out. Everyone keeps pointing to Brunson, I mean, but like Brunson is no. He like, walked, he walked out, but they let him walk out, right? That, that was mismanagement. I, I get it, I get it. But everyone, like, I, you know, Brunson is a fantastic player, and of course, if they had kept Brunson, then they would have also gotten to keep Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Spencer Dimwitty and that first, you know, overall draft pick that they traded for Kyrie. That being said, I mean, you know, I, I think the problem is that, you know. Their coach kind of sucks. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, they have no front court depth. They're not very good in the front court. They're such a small team, um, and they have two guys that need the ball a lot. I mean, um, I don't think that even if Brunson had stayed, they would have been that different. Well, here's the thing, right? If Brunson stayed, then you don't need to give up Dinwiddie and DFS for Kyrie. You lose your best defender in DFS. You lose depth, right? In giving up Dinwiddie and um, DFS, you gave up a pick. They so now they're down assets. <laughs> but I'm just—I mean, I know people say he can't. Tim McMahon basically said like Kyrie's been very professional. This is not on him. I mean, what are if seven? you actually look at it, they, I think they've been pretty good when it's just been just Kyrie, right? Like they beat—they beat the Lakers last Friday on that buzzer beater. Those first couple Kyrie games, they they beat the the Clippers. I think they, I saw a stat. They're like four and two with only Kyrie. Yeah. Oh yeah. and two with Luca since the Kyrie trade, yeah. and some losing record. I think they're seven and thirteen overall. So like, they're really struggling here. I mean, I mean, it's never great. Bad. Yeah, when your best player comes out and basically says that um, this is the unhappiest he's yeah, been. ever been. And I think Zach Lowe always uses this term, right? Like DefCon One Hundred and One, like. So let's talk about it. Are we going to get to that situation? Why don't you go over like their their schedule, their many games? Yeah. So I mean, um, nothing is given for the for the Mavs right now. I would have said tomorrow. Uh, sorry. Yeah, tomorrow's game against the Pacers would have been an easy one. But now Luca's going to be out. Maybe that's a plus or a minus. Again, we don't know. Again, I just want to say your best player. That's like so irresponsible to get that technical when you know you're on the second night of a back to back tomorrow. You need every win. You gotta control your, like, temper, dude. Like, I mean, this guy, he's just constantly bickering, constantly complaining. It's almost like he's, like, an extension of Mark Cuban, like, on the court. Like, how can he get that technical when Kyrie's, like, also kind of injured? Like, he's gonna, he's out tomorrow now. But it's one of those things, right? Like, when someone is so unhappy, I feel like they're always trying to grasp at straws. Like, he's playing not great right now. He's not happy on the court. He's not happy with the team. The team is losing. And I feel like the only thing he can do is complain. I mean, it's not the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, they're going to be missing him for tomorrow's game. And I think that's a big deal. Back to back. It's a should huge, have been a win. huge deal. I mean, we can't assume that it's an easy W now. I think it's a toss up. Exactly. And then they play the Sixers. And I think even even full strength, they probably would have had trouble with the Sixers, though. And Joel's Six- gunning for that MVP. Joel's gunning for the MVP, though Harden is having some issues uh, injury wise. So like, I, I'm not 100% sure. But like, that's probably a loss. Yep. And then coming down the stretch, they have the Heat. The Heat are playing really well right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that's an L. Yeah. They, they lost to Brooklyn yesterday, but they dominated the Knicks just a few games ago. Bam is playing really well. Jimmy's My, playing Miami's really only well. a half game out of the play in. So they if they if uh, Brooklyn actually lo- side note, sorry, Brooklyn is losing 88 to 106 to the Magic. So that means them and the Heat will have the same record. But I think because of the win yesterday, Brooklyn actually owns a tiebreaker oh, now. Oh, so Miami's going to be trying. I think that that's what basically what we know. Yeah, and then they have the Hawks, the Kings, the Bulls, and the Spurs down the stretch. The Hawks is away, but the last three games are at home. I would think, think that the Kings are probably still trying at that point. The Hawks are probably still trying at that point. 
the Bulls. Oh, for sure. The Hawks are trying to like get a, get into the play-in. Yeah. yeah, and the Bulls and uh, probably not at that point. I don't really know. No, and I mean the, the Bull, Bulls. I mean, they remember I was just telling you they have been on a hot like hot stretch. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, now they're three games up on the Wizards, so they're up to the ten seed. But the Bulls are gonna try to get up to like eight if they if they can. You know why? Because like so they are thirty six and thirty eight. But the Haw- they're only a game behind Atlanta for eight, so you want to be in seven eight. So I'm sure they're going to be gunning for that. So. Yeah, yeah, and and then they got the Spurs to finish off, so we can say that's a win. So you know, looking at it, they're probably going to lose the next two against the Pacers or in the Sixers, yep. especially with Luca out. They'll probably lose against the Heat. Yep. We could say the Hawks is a toss up. They'll probably lose against the Kings. Let's say they split the Bulls, the Bulls, Mav, uh, the Hawks game, and then they win the Spurs game. That's looking at a record of maybe two and. Four, two and five, whatever they two have. And five. Two and five. That's bad, man. I, I mean, and they're already <laughs> outside looking in. So, I think there's a there's a very strong possibility that the Mavs, after their you know Cinderella run last year, are on the outside looking in. And then there's a lot of questions to be asked. Probably an off season pod at that point. But like, you know, what happens to Kyrie? Yeah. And 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 now the bigger and bigger question is growing. Like, what happens to Luca? Yeah. I mean, so Luca. He signed that extension, but he got a fifth-year player option. So he basically is guaranteed only till 2025, right? Because the extension kicked in um, this year. Sorry, no. So he was in the 18 draft. So he's sorry. He's he has three more 26, full guaranteed yeah. seasons. But we all know how it works. Like if if they don't do anything next year, he's gonna start like getting like the rumors are gonna be out. Is Luca trying to get out? Um, that's a huge huge thing that's riding on this uh, last couple of games for the Mavs I can't even believe that based on those projections 38 and 44 I mean okay best case scenario like 39 and 43 let's give them an extra win maybe extra two wins like who they still beat Indiana and then they beat both still 40 and 42 still, still under bad, who would have thought the Mavs coming off the of Western Conference Finals they have Luka Doncic like top 5 player in the NBA would finish like under 500 he's a player in his prime and I think the questions are going to rise. Like, the Brunson situation is going to come up. The Kyrie trade is going to come up. I think people will even go back to the Porzingis trade because they were down assets, right, that they're still paying back. And I got to bring this up, dude. Like, you guys got the Mavs pick. How's that looking now? Well, it's tough because <laughs> it's top 10 protected. So the more they lose, the less likely it's going to convey. I mean, if it falls 11 to 14, then we'll get it. Um but you know, looking at their schedule down the line, I mean, but this is looking like a like a twenty to thirty pick, right? At right. One point. But the question is, if they if they look at you know if if they're coming in at the very end and they're at the cusp of like t- you know the top nine or ten versus eleven through fourteen, maybe they should just tank the last the last couple of games. You know, so they get that top ten pick, right? And the other thing to really remember here is they have a favor. You know, they have some games that are winnable on the schedule. But Luca misses a game every single time he gets an additional tech now. Yeah. So yeah. not only does he miss the Pacers game, but let's say he gets a tech against the Heat. Let's yeah. say he gets a tech against the Hawks. Like that could really flip the script if if he keeps racking up these technical fouls. And that's, I mean, obviously he's going to have to be really conscious of that. But also we've seen recently that the refs are kind of tech happy right now and uh, tr- the quick trigger fingers with people getting tossed pretty quickly so um, <laughs> even if he tries to be cautious there's a chance he just says the wrong thing and he gets teed up and um that can that can i mean have we ever seen this where like a player of his caliber is like essentially the I leader mean, Rashid, of the team i mean rasheed wallace but i mean he was not a like he was never i think top five like luca yeah 
this is this is uh, uh yeah i mean the mavs they are they have a top five player and they're squandering it um, and, and right now too, i mean they have Kyrie now too who would someone who would say still a top 20 player yeah yeah they do and they i mean again this is what happens when you add a superstar in the middle of the season it does work out sometimes the best case scenario is rasheed wallace but we see it a lot of times where it just don't have enough time to build the chemistry um, but let's hit on our last team. So the Utah Jazz, 35 and 39. They've been on a recent three-game slide. So that's why they've dropped to the the 12th seed here. So their games, right? So tomorrow, the Suns. I think that's probably, yeah, that's tough because KD's not back yet. But I think the Suns, I just saw that DeAndre Ayton is probable now. So they'll have some matchups. So let's say that one is, a, is an L, 35 and 40. Spurs, that's a win. <laughs> so 36 and 40. Then they go on the road against the Celtics. That's an L. So 36 and 41, right? Sorry. Um, 35 and 40. 36 and 40. Yeah, 36 and 41. And then they go to play the Nets. I mean, the Nets have been looking pretty good. I, I think I'd give them that game. Uh, 36 and 42. And then they got two out of their last four against the Lakers I think that let's say that's a split so yeah I mean it depends it depends I think these next three games matter actually you're right if they go to 36 and 42 then they may want to just like stop and try to increase their chances for Wemby alright best case scenario that's a split so 37 and 43 and then they the Thunder I think we were saying that's going to be a win for the Thunder 38 and 43 and then uh, they're going to play the Nuggets that's going to be an L so Probably even with the Nuggets second. It depends if the Nuggets are trying. So I'd say thirty-eight and forty-four. Worst case scenario, best but, case maybe like if they, some of those teams aren't trying, maybe forty and forty-two. And what they got going against them is like this: if if uh, Jokic is trying to go for that third straight MVP, then he'll probably play that game instead of yeah. setting. Like there's a lot of subtext this year exactly. to the game. Yeah, the the awards races will come in place. The All NBA races because that's important for like people's money. Um, so I mean, again. Utah was not a team that we projected to even have 35 wins at this point. We thought they were going to be firmly in the Wembeyama race. And then at midseason, they traded away Conley, Beasley, Vanderbilt. When people thought that the the, the, bottom, the floor was going to go out. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they continue to stay afloat. Yeah, exactly. We thought when they did that, that's it. Like They said this was a good run, but all right, guys, we've won too much. we got to start going to the bottom. They haven't. Markkinen's been ke- keeping up his play. Walker Kessler's amazing. And then now they're giving chances to guys like um, Ochai Abaji. These guys, Jordan Clarkson's still on the team. They're a great story. I think what it's shown is Will Hardy's the next Brad Stevens. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's, he's so nice. I mean, he's getting a lot out of these like guys that you really, you know. Uh, I mean, this is exactly like Brad Stevens, like early Celtics teams, right? Like uh, some like high lottery picks. uh not high lottery picks, some lottery picks, but like guys on their second contracts that he's like rebuilding, young players like Will Hardy's like I mean Danny Ainge hit it out of the park with that coaching hire. So let's let's wrap it up. Let's let's break it down into three divisions. Let let's say you know the the, the straight playoff teams. Who do you think the three straight playoff teams will be? I, I think it's going to be the who it is now: Phoenix, Clippers, and um, Warriors. Okay, I, personally, I think that Minnesota or the Lakers may may jump over the Clippers only because Paul George is missing. And you know Kawhi may or may not play. And honestly, I, I think the Clippers still have it in them that, like, who cares if we make the play-in game? We'll just go out and win it. Like, I think that's that hubris is probably hurting them more than it's helping them, right? Like, yeah. that's why they're so easy to, like, rest players even if they don't need to. And so, uh, personally, I think that the, 
the Suns and the Warriors probably will get in straight, but uh, the, the, the number six slot, you know, I think it's going to be a toss up between Lakers, Clippers, and the Wolves, if I had to guess. Mm. And I just want to say this year, like like you were saying some of these other things, but the tiebreaker situation is going to be super important this year, right? Um, just between all these teams who are maybe going to have similar records. And I don't even know. I mean, the thing is, with these teams playing each other so much, the tiebreaker is in such flux, we can't even predict it right now. That's true. That is true. Um, okay, so that that's the first division. What did you want the second division? Like the 7 through 10? But yeah, let's do 7 through 10. So 7 through 10, I think I'm going to go OKC 7, Minnesota 8. Lakers 9. Man, is Dallas really not going to make it? But I mean, based on what we just looked at. And you have to remember that <laughs> the Pelicans still have a game and a half, right? Yeah, they still got a game yeah. and a half ahead. I mean, I think Utah's not going to... Yeah, so I think I'm going to say OKC 7 because they had the, based on that schedule they had. Minnesota 8, Lakers 9, and then the Pelicans, I think, will sneak in at 10. Wow. So that means Dallas and Utah. Is Dallas really not going to make it? That's still so shocking. I mean, what that Warriors loss really did a number on them, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's that. Um, they got to win that protest. <laughs> they they uh, need that replay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a demoralizing loss, right? Like, you, you look like absolute. I mean, we don't need to rehash it, but like... The, the, if you took all the context away of what was happening... If you're a fan, because I didn't see all of that, right? Like, that, that was all things that were happening during the game. We were at a commercial timeout when all of this was going on. I literally had no idea. They looked like an incompetent team. I was like, this looks like a, you know, five-year-old. You're at a five-year-old elementary school game. And the guys are like, <laughs> the kids are lined up on the wrong side of the court. Like, it was embarrassing. And that kind of thing sticks with you, right? Like, if they feel like they've been slighted by the refs over and over and over again, it kind of, it kind of wanes, bears on you. And so, uh, for, for me, I think similarly, you know, I think... I'd say probably Minnesota makes that six seed. Seven, I'd say probably it'll end up being the Clippers because wow, they got that two game Minnesota advantage. Wow, you have Minnesota moving to six. Wow, okay. Uh, Clippers will probably be seven. I think Lakers will move into that um, eight slot. Ooh, battle of the Crip for that seven eight game, okay. And then nine, I think OKC. Ten, I'd also probably say the Pelican. Wow, so we both have Dallas not making it. Man, I just want to say... you. you you got as a Knicks fan, you got to take victory laps where you can. <laughs> Just like you guys are six games better than the Mavericks in March of 2023. After all the shit you guys took for that Porzingis trade in February of 2019, here we are, right? This is why you really have to wait to judge trades. Four years later, so yeah, okay, fine. The Mavs did make a conference finals. They still have Luca, but it's just funny as a snapshot. Just a snapshot. The Knicks are six games better than the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, I don't take too much stock in that. Like, ultimately, uh, I think I was, you know, listening to a podcast. I was talking about that SGA, Paul George trade. And right now, obviously, it looks amazing. The SGA is such a fantastic player. But let's not forget, like, they went to Western Conference Finals. There's a chance that the Thunder never get there. You know, like, same thing. You know, with all of that being said, the Mavs went to the Western Conference Finals. There's a chance that the Knicks never make the Eastern Conference Finals. There's a high chance that that doesn't happen. And in that case, like, you'd still count it as a W for the teams that got those players that helped them get there, right? Yeah, they didn't get it done, but a Western Conference Finals is still something better than... No, no, it's nothing to lie. It was the Clippers' only one in franchise history, and that's something they got out of that trade. Uh, But it's just that when you make a trade like that, right, I think ultimately the barometer becomes, did you win a championship? And that's not what happened. That's why the... 
I mean, not to go back to it, the Gobert trade never made sense to me because I don't think that made them a championship team. And you don't give up those kind of assets unless that's the intent. But man, this has been a exciting Western Conference playoff year. Uh, some people have called it the best race. Some people have said it's just because there's parity. Some people have said it's because all these teams are just so bad. that That's why it looks like parity, but it's just because none of these teams are really good. I think ultimately, big picture, whoever comes out of the West, man, we'll talk about the East again. Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly just look like another animal. Like, I don't think any of these West teams can even match up to those three. Well, that, that being said, I mean, Denver just played the smacking on the Bucks yesterday. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that great Jeff, regular that season Jeff Green, game, uh, Uncle like, Jeff still. Yeah. Like- <laughs> there's, there's a lot of wishy-washy in there, but like... Uh, on the bro, Denver had that home... It's like a regular season home game in Denver, like, but... Man, I can't I can't wait to see how this plays out. I think we got the we were just saying the final game of the year will be on April 9th. You and me will be at a wedding that weekend, but uh we'll probably still be watching these games <laughs> on our phones like while the wedding's going on. But I, mean, I think one of the coolest things is like I, you know, obviously we're we're in the East Coast. So I don't stay up for the West Coast game, but every morning I wake up and the first thing I check is ESPN standings yeah, and scores. Exactly. And so you yeah. know that any if there's any basketball fans out there like this is hype, man. This is like yeah. such a good time because every game matters, and and the standings, like especially like fourth through like what we just talked about, every win or loss like moves these teams up like so much. Like you're never safe. Like I was feeling on top of the world like on Friday night when the Lakers like finally got to 500. Now I feel you saw me like today. I felt like so shitty. I was like bronze back and everything, and we lost. Like I mean, I think that's uh, these Sunday home games like. On a side again, uh, Sunday we, afternoon. We, we gotta end this pop, but like, yeah, I hate these Sunday because it's only twelve thirty in the West. The I guys feel like, don't have the routine. Yeah, I feel like these players aren't just meant to play these games, and it's almost probably good for the road team because they, they, it's fine. They don't have a routine on the road anyways, and the home team is like never. I feel like the Clippers always happen to them too, like these early twelve uh, thirty games on at home. But all right, I think we gotta end this pop before our producer kills us. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to just give one last shout out to Rohit, which is. Usually every year at this time of the year he says you know we're in the we're in the shit days of the regular season regular season doesn't matter <laughs> but this is the one year we can probably prove him wrong the regular season actually matters and these players and these teams actually care and there's so much less tanking so I'm happy for you Rohit you can actually watch till the end of the regular season this year well he'll have to listen to the end of this pod then <laughs> all right guys well that's it for this pod um, enjoy the races coming up and then we'll be back with another pod as as the season progresses signing off. I want to thank our producer, Sandeep. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod and check out our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.